said that I would quit Alright, I promise no more after this My evil twin Bad weather friend Someone keeps moving my Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here today with Peter Gritch to talk about the song Unrelated Thing off of John Henry. Do you smile because I'm funny? Peter. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? I uh, still got still got that arm thing going on, but for the most part, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so good to talk right now. Yeah, yeah, we had to push back the recording cuz cuz what did you do to your arm? So, fun stuff. Uh, I woke up one day 2 weeks ago being like, "Damn, there's like a really bad knot in my back." And that sort of evolved or escalated, you could say, into <laughs> Pretty much, I'm like 95% sure I've got a pinched nerve, so that's really fun. Mmm. <laughs> so. Yikes. You don't want that. It's, yeah, it's been a very yikesy two weeks. But I'm good and, to talk now, obviously. And, 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 and you're a young guy to be getting pinched nerves, man. We, we determined that you've been in your mid-twenties since you were 12. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So. <laughs> it's a good out-of-context thing you, for the... Are you 20, 21, 22? I'm, I'm 22. I just turned 22 in September. 22. Oh, young pup. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm 38, but I still feel like with, with some of the people in the Facebook group and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, God, I'm ancient. But then I'm like, <laughs> well, the Johns are like, you know, nearing 60, so I guess they're not doing too bad. <laughs> yeah, the, the Johns are a little bit older than my parents, so there's that funniness going on. But it's just like we said on Facebook yesterday, it's like, even I look at some of the people in the Facebook groups, it's just like, you were born in 2004? What yeah. are you doing here? But <laughs> it's all good. It's I, like fun was, I Like Fun was the first album you heard? What? <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. Yeah. Um, Any point of entry is a good one. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see such an age range. 
there. I was expecting, I mean, at least like when I started the podcast, it was mostly people I knew in person. So they all were kind of around my age and we kept kind of having all the same references and stuff like that and tiny tunes and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to be branching out and uh, miscellaneous tea has been great in Twitter for just like getting in people that have different points of view and from all over the world really and uh, all different ages and it's been super cool so speaking of miscellaneous tea peter here is one of the admins and he will boot your ass if you're not careful so you better you better watch your back yeah i like to think we're really lenient but you know do the wrong thing too many times it's just like all right <laughs> use out of here yeah <laughs> how many saying like you know the 2019 calendar year how many people needed to get booted from the group I think two at the most, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like people that were really like genuinely causing problems, not just like an argument that got out of hand about like, which album do you think John Flansburg sang better on in 1995? It's like, <laughs> you know, like actual like sort of sinister sort of problems that is, you know, sucks to deal with, but right, I like to think right. we took care of it. <laughs> not like state songs, no monopuff, state songs, yeah. monopuff. I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a great community over there. Um I know. Yeah, uh, it's Aver definitely it's definitely changed my life for the better because like I didn't become an admin of the group until 2016. I'd have been in it for like 2 years at that point. But it's uh -huh. when I met uh you know, John and Kelly, the other admins, you know. Yeah. They, in John a way it took started? me under their wing. Right. Uh I think John started it. It might have been someone else. I know he's been in it since like day one, and I've been in it since like day four, day five, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, John uh, Ulis. I always feel like I'm going to mispronounce the last name. Ulis. Ulis. John Ulis. Yes, we are not talking about one of the Johns for those <laughs> of you out there. And those of you listeners who aren't a part of the Miscellaneous T Facebook group, you should definitely get in there. It's uh, fun times. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like a million just, posts just, per day of people that love the MMP Giants. So it's uh, there's the general discussion stuff, and then there's like the million bajillion like rare downloads that you genuinely like yeah. don't find anywhere else. Yeah, like all the crazy demo tape stuff that came out recently. That that was like post of the year right there. Yeah, you know, I I feel like I need to be archiving stuff better. Like when I randomly come across something, being like, well, no one's even signed up for that song yet, but I gotta like tuck this thing away somewhere that I will be able to find it when that episode comes up. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm not the most organized guy. I've got my spreadsheet and you've seen, you've seen the spreadsheet with all like people claiming songs and stuff. It's a total mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got someone like you forgot uh, venue songs. I'm like, Oh, right. Let's see. Chronologically. I'll just jam it over in column G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do around. a whole episode about Asbury Park, and that's it. <laughs> Did you hear the way he got kicked in the head in the in the backstage? <laughs> that was sick. Sorry, yeah, I just, I, took I just that had slot. Whoever wanted that, I think I just had the first person claim. Oh no, TDK actually claimed Asbury Park. Nice. And then John Jonathan Leonard, who was on Museum of Idiots, and then on Tick 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 Tick, he's. Uh, in uh minnesota so he claimed minneapolis so those will be happening 
awesome. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I got to get more people on. Uh, I've only done one song from the else, one song from the spine, one song from Glean. That's weird. I got a lot of the really old stuff and then a lot of the really new stuff. It's those in-betweeners I need to get more of. But, hey, we need to talk about your overall fandom of the band since this is your first episode. So tell us, young man, about how you got into They Might Be Giants. Well, it was a long, long time ago, and there was this TV show on Nickelodeon called Kablam, which is where (laughs) I feel like most people my age would have found them out or at least first heard them. Right. Um, And then, like, I never really thought anything of it because when the episode first aired, I was like four or three. However time works, I'm not entirely sure. And, uh, (laughs) you know, there would just be, like, random songs I'd hear, like, all over the place. And then I'd learn, like, relatively recently, oh, that was They Might Be Giants. That makes sense. Uh And uh, around the time of, like, 2007, 2008... I was real big just into Dr. Worm just because I remembered it from Kablam. Yeah. What and else so, did they do on Kablam besides Dr. Worm? That's all I uh, It was uh, the rock version of Why Does the Sun Shine. Uh, it, was two, it was two songs. Both of them were off severe tire damage. But yes. uh, Why Does the Sun Shine was like heavily edited. It's kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you were a wee wee lad when you heard them on there. So they started popping up more elsewhere. Yes, yes. So, um, so I was familiar with John Linnell's voice anyway. Uh-huh. And it's like I saw Coraline in theaters, and even then I was like 11 years old. I was like, oh, I, I turned to my sister, I go, oh, that's the that's the singer dude of There May Be Giants because I didn't <laughs> know at the time. And she was just like, okay, that that's cool, that's neat. Stop talking to me during the movie. I was like, oh yeah, sure. And uh, like I learned the Dunkin' Donuts commercials were all they might be giants like around that time, and I thought that was pretty cool. I haven't had anyone claim any of those songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that Fritalian commercial, and that's always been right. my favorite. Yeah, that, yeah. Frankly, doesn't even sound like a They Might Be Giant song, so... At least, you know, well, most of them anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they're good at, though, is uh, doing any genre. So, yeah, I, I'm, sure. I'm still undecided if um, I would split those into separate songs or just do, like one giant episode or Patreon episode that's all all the Dunkin' Donuts ones. Or maybe do one that's all TV themes and stuff like that. I mean, Boss and Me... That might be worth it. Boss Boss and Me will get its own episode, but there's all those other little TV themes and stuff like that 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 I keep finding out about. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Just because so many of those Dunkin' songs are like 30 seconds at the most. (laughs) There's only so much you can talk about. (laughs) I've got a. But yeah, like minimum wage is going to be its own episode. So, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, fast forward a couple of years, and it's February of 2012, and I'm being driven to school by my mom, and we have <laughs> the first wave XM station on, and Don't Let's Start comes on, Ooh. and I was just like, hey, this ain't half bad. <laughs> and I actually, it wasn't the first time I heard the song, but. It was the first time I had heard it like uninterrupted and just on its own. I think mm-hmm. the first time I ever heard it was in a video about some like Danish theme park, which is really weird. But <laughs> I, I'm Man, big into roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like after that point, I started to like, you know, that you know, don't let's start was stuck in my head like that entire week. I was like, okay, I guess I'll pirate their entire discography. So I went on the pirate bay as you do when you're 14 
and I downloaded like whatever was on there and it was like the main discography, severe tire damage, and I think a rip of the 85 demo tape and like shitty MP3 format, but you know. So you're stealing from the Johns is what you're telling everybody out there. Yeah, well, it's okay cuz I've given them a lot more money than I care to admit since then, so it's all Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> But it was funny also because I didn't actually listen to most of the stuff until like a year and a half later. Around the time I was in 10th grade is when I really started to like get into the theme of like listening to full albums as opposed to just, right. oh, I'll download a song or two that I like by the band and that's that. And so one day I was just really bored and I had nothing to do. So I just listened to uh, the Pink album in full. And, you know, there was Don't Let's Start, obviously, which is great. And then, like, none of the other songs really connected with me like, to start with. Just, just to clarify, I love it now, obviously. But it was, it was when I first heard "She's an Angel," and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is incredible!" Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was my all downhill from there sort of, <laughs> sort right. of moment. Yeah. So it was stuff off the uh, the Pink album that was hooking you the earliest stuff, which which seems like. With uh, the younger crowd, it seems like they tend to get into the newer stuff, and then going backwards can be a little harder. I, th- I think starting with the early stuff and going forward, you know, it, at least you know, growing up with them like I did, you can kind of hear the, you know, the maturation of their sound as it goes. But starting off with like the more, like slick production you know, punchy stuff that they have now and the live drums and all that going backwards. Some people have a, have a tougher time with that, but not for you. What did you think yeah, of those, I mean, uh, those first album flan songs when you were first getting into them? Um, well, for an embarrassingly long time, I considered them to be sort of filler songs and even still sort <laughs> of like my early months in miscellaneous to the Facebook group. is just like, Oh, I don't really care for these tracks that much, but I love the album. I get flamed by people, but that was, it's water <laughs> under the bridge. <laughs> Obviously, this stuff's great now. And it's sort of like, as I've grown a little bit older, I've, you know, appreciated sort of weird and out there songs more and more. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked uh, what, you know, My Murdered Remains kind of brought in some of the really bizarre stuff again. I mean, these, these dial-a-song projects, you know, it gave them time, you know, to, like, we've got to write so many songs, you know, they're not just going for, you know, I mean, the band's never been worried about hits, I don't think, except maybe when Elektra was, was probably bugging them about making hits, but uh, so they could do weirder stuff like Dog, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just like, but still even that, like, the more modern production, it definitely sounds different than, you know, chess piece face or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole other realm of weirdness. Let's see. So let's get to John Henry then. So you haven't brought up John Henry at all in the uh, in the conversation we've had thus far. What were your first thoughts of John Henry when you first discovered that in, in, in your uh, piling on of, of downloads? Well, when I first listened to John Henry, I think I listened to like half of it around the time I started like sort of deep diving into everything mm-hmm. and for whatever reason i guess it just like wasn't really my thing or maybe i just wasn't feeling it at the time and it took like another year before i really like sat down and gave it a listen to like fully like give my attention to it and i was just like oh i've been missing out again yeah <laughs> but also it was interesting because before 
I really got into the album proper, I had found a, like a leaked demo tape with like demo sessions of some of the, uh, I think it was like seven or eight songs off of it. it it's, yeah. it's definitely on the They Might Be Giants wiki. If you look it up, the leaked demo tape, I found really chunky, huh. disgusting MP3s of that. <laughs> so these are and different recordings like, than the than that were released on the John Henry demos CD that just came out. These are different. Than oh no, they're the, they're the same ones, but there is there was just the only one I found because it hadn't been like legit released yet. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it also had a a demo version of Ondine, the B side. Yeah. And the huh. only difference with that is like a vocal effect. Other than that, it's the same recording. But okay. it was still like pretty interesting stuff. And I was like, well, I really like these demo tracks too. So that that'll probably mean I like the album version too. And nowadays, nowadays I listen to the album more. But my sort of jump start into that was like finding the demos first, which is that's interesting. I feel like yeah. it's an unusual way of doing it. But I'm like that with a bunch of bands too, like <laughs> Boards of Canada. I couldn't tell you like eight songs of their like proper album stuff but like i have all the demo tape rips that are out there and so i don't <laughs> yeah, know it's hard weird. to explain to people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know i mean yeah i'm glad they properly released the john henry demos and i i, I wish they'd i mean i'm sure <clears throat> i'm sure the flansburg has like shit just like st- you know stashed away in boxes that could be you know properly transferred to digital or whatever and and put out there like you know, like I keep pulling stuff from like the power of dial a song bootleg upload to YouTube and all that. And then they just like, I, I mean, I, I love how crappy they sound, but there's <laughs> gotta be like answering machine cassette tapes that, that are somewhere that could be released. I mean, yeah, I, I feel think. like it's just a matter of time in that case. Yeah. yeah. Also and with the, uh, it's interesting, the sort of like YouTube uploads, because one thing I always thought was really weird is how, like, the quality for, like, the full bootleg thing, where it's, like, all of the tracks in one go, I always thought it was weird yeah. how the quality is, like, all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. every track was ripped by a different person at a different time. But a couple of years ago, uh, it was John Ulyss, actually, who sent me, like, a direct, like, tape rip of the bootleg. Oh, yeah? And <laughs> to my dismay, it sounds pretty much as bad as it does on the YouTube upload. Yeah. But yeah, at the very I, I least, it, it was like more uh, consistent sounding. Yeah, I'm sure it is something that was compiled by various people, passed along and dubbed from cassette to cassette to cassette, and then eventually made its way online. So, I mean, I do love those kind of like little artifacts and stuff. You know, it gives it, you know, I'd say it just gives it character or something, but it does show like, you know, the trip that it's made, like from someone probably just holding a, a cassette recorder up to the you know their phone that actually had to be plugged into the wall you know as they were calling dial a song you know and then it got shared by friends and then eventually got uh, put on the internet you know 30 years later or whatever i think it's pretty pretty interesting to hear all the that that weirdness like ones that sound like they have wind in them cuz it could be someone like at an outside payphone or something who knows I have an MP3 off a of dial a song, and it's for uh, what is everyone staring at? That's like everyone's favorite dial a song thing. It's my favorite too. Um, oh. But there's like fifty thousand different like rips of that song. It's weird. I guess like multiple people like recorded it off the phone. Yeah. But there's like a pretty common MP3 that sounds like 
garbage. I mean, it'll all sound like garbage, but like especially like the most common one is uh-huh. like pretty pretty bad. Uh, there's uh, the one off of the the flak rip I got from John a couple of years ago, which is like super distorted. But I think that has to do with whoever ripped the tape in the first place. Yeah. yeah. But I found this one like lone MP3 back in 2015. And it's, like, the clearest, like, the most level volume. And uh, it sounds great, apart from the fact that, like, whoever was recording it, it sounds like there's, like, a fish tank filter going off in the background. <laughs> or, like, a faucet. Because you just hear sort of, like, of, like, trickling you know, noises. I imagining that, that stuff like that. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like I could send you the exact file. That they were calling from the bedroom. They got some, uh, they got some fishies there. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the John Henry demos. I mean, a lot of the songs, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, say that I listened to it more than that proper album, but <laughs> some of those, like the mixes on the guitar sound great. Like the, the guitar's hotter in the mix. I think a lot of the songs almost sound more, more punk just cause you got like Flansburg really like going, you know, wacky with his tones in there and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and drop in a clip here of unrelated thing from the 1993 demos for John Henry, which they just released about a going on a, a year ago. So let's uh, let's let the people check that out. Do you smile? Cause I'm funny, said the man. I wasn't joking, and I meant the thing I said. So the demo version is immediately uh, distinguished by being in a much lower key signature. What do you yeah. think about what do you think about this here demo? What do you think about the the lowness of it? <laughs> uh, I think it's a lot more like relaxing to listen to. Like the original song yeah. is pretty relaxing on its own, but like especially the sort of like low tone and. Well, low key, I should say. It's sort of almost like a lullaby in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, and it's still got the lap steel in there. Lap steel or pedal steel? Um, but I'm not sure if on the demo if it's played by Jay Sherman Godfrey or not. I mean, I would say it probably is. But, like, the wiki doesn't have the credits for the demo, and the demo CD itself doesn't have a very extensive liner notes in it. So, I don't know. But still got that kind of country vibe going to it. But, yeah, yeah the, the low-key really really threw me. Because, you know, when I was listening to the demos on CD just as a whole, <clears throat> you know, I could tell it sounded different. But in, until I A-B'd them, 
you know, between the two, I was like, oh, holy shit, it's like way lower. Way lower. Yeah. yeah. One thing I thought was interesting about the whole, like, demo album is that there's no demo for Stompbox. Oh. Which is unrelated to this song, I know, but it's something I noticed uh, a little while ago. I was like, that's that's a bit of a shame, but it's all good. I wonder, that just makes me wonder if they if that is the demo recording, if it's from that session that they ended up using on the proper album, if they're like, Hey, I think we got it. That's stick that version on the album. Maybe possible. Kind of like with, um, with, uh, like toddler highway, you know, like that's the, that is the demo that they recorded and they, they felt they couldn't get it any better when they went and did it in the studio. So the demo (laughs) made it on the album. So who knows? Because Tom Pox is such a crazy and dirty song. Maybe that's like, you know, it started getting too clean. So they're like, hey, let's just keep that the demo version. Just a hypothesis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, one thing that I don't think the demo has that I wanted to talk about in the, uh, if we shift over to the proper John Henry version of Unrelated Thing, is the T-Play. Did you look into the T-Play at all? The... String instrument that Flansburg plays. I don't believe so. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't realize this. I, I thought it was a, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of low in the mix, but it, it uh, kind of just sounded like almost like a ukulele or something to me. Um, but what it is, the T-Play, is a uh, string instrument that is, it's, it's the National Instrument of Colombia. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And it is a, it, it looks like a guitar, though. It is a little shorter than a guitar. And it has 12 strings on it, though. It is not strung like a 12-string guitar would be. The cording would be different. Um, it, it only has the notes. So they're, they're grouped in pairs like a 12-string guitar. So you'd be pressing strings, um, two strings at a time with a finger. Um, but it only yeah. has the notes. It only has the notes C, E, A, and D, and it's got those three, those four notes, three times within the twelve strings. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and that's what Flansburg is playing on this song. <laughs> and while I do not own a T play, I do own a uh, Peruvian string instrument called the charango which I will show you right now. Oh, wow. And the, well, let me back up a little bit. So the the charango is, um, yes, I got this in Peru. Um, My wife's a Spanish professor, so we tend to end up in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be in Spain for six weeks next summer, actually. Um, Nice. But Peru, on the same trip when I proposed (laughs) to her back in 2005, um, we went to a shop of a guy who made instruments, and I actually bought this from the guy who made it, and it's this beautiful little, it's one piece of wood. Traditionally, they would even make the body from an armadillo shell. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, so to describe it to people, and I could you know link to it or something when uh, this comes out, the body's about the size of a ukulele, but the neck is really thick like a guitar, and it has ten strings. So it's this tiny little instrument, but it's got ten strings, and the wow. tuning. I was is gonna re- say it looks like a ukulele. Yeah, 
but it's got, I mean, the headstock is the size of a guitar. And, and the tuning is really weird, and the chords are all completely different. But I was, <laughs> I was trying to learn the song on this beforehand. I had to look up all the chords. And I've got these little... Uh, that I got when I when I bought it. I've got a couple different little books that I got in Peru when I bought it. <laughs> so I was trying to learn the, I was trying to figure out the chords for it, cheating on some of them. The G, what's a G is like really bizarre. Oh wow. And just being 10 strings, like it's a really odd number. Like mandolins have eight, you know, you got 12 string guitars, you got standard six string guitar, four string ukulele, but 10, it's the only instrument I know of that has 10 strings. But, um, yeah, let's see, let's see. I'm probably going to get, like, two lines into this. Do you smile because I'm funny? Said, I already fucked it up. Said the man, I wasn't joking, and I meant, oh, fucking G, meant the things <laughs> I said. Not at all, not at all. Nope, nope. Nah, I'm just going to stop there. It's it's incredibly difficult. I never got very good at it, but it's cool to show to like my music students and stuff when we're talking about uh, South American music. But that's the Chirango, which uh, Peru shares a border with Colombia. So I thought it, when, I, when I really tuned into the sound of it on the record... Like a tea play, what the hell? And I, you know, picked up on it with my ears. I'm like, it sounds kind of like my charango. <laughs> the doubling of the nylon strings got that similar kind of tone. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to like try and play sort of guitar esque instruments like that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I I'm remember pretty, pretty decent at the ukulele, and I can play violin i taught orchestra for a little bit i'm not great at the violin but that would be about the extent for me in bass i remember trying to like play with the ukulele at my cousin's house like last year but they had like a really mm -hmm. crappy dollar store one so like plucking the string once would like knock it out of tune so i was just like i can't really do anything with this yeah <laughs> but yeah, even with like good. guitar in general it's like uh I taught myself how to sort of play it last year, a year and a half ago almost. Um, oh, but that's the guitar, it? Yeah. The guitar I do use only has five strings. It's missing the low E. So <laughs> it's not even like you'd really notice it if you were just listening to me play it. But, you know, if I ever get new strings, I'm going to have to like relearn everything all over again. I'd rather be missing the high E than the low E. Why don't you just so, go uh, get a pack of strings? I'm so lazy. That's the problem. <laughs> the thing with me and physical items. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it works yeah, out, That's though. funny. Uh, <laughs> so uh, before we get to the lyrics, yeah, let's talk more about the musical elements. So the, the T-play is one thing that kind of took me by surprise. I didn't realize that was in there until yesterday, researching for this episode. Um, but... Uh, what what are your favorite elements of uh, leaving lyrics aside, musical elements to unrelated thing? I just really like the slide guitar for the most part. Hell yeah! I think that really, like I said before, it's sort of like a relaxing song. I think that's what makes it so relaxing. I think just uh, without it, it would just be like a completely different sounding song. Definitely, yeah. Like just those like lazy slow slides between the chords, like does give it a very chill 
vibe. And and like I mentioned before, Jay Sherman Godfrey is the one that's playing that, and you know he's on uh, he's all over John Henry and Factory Showroom, and I believe state I believe uh, state songs and yeah state songs and Monopuff stuff. So he's all over the place. So that uh, yeah his skills there definitely bring a lot to this song. Um, what else we got in there? Linnell's playing organ. That's kind of, you know, just kind of like filling out the space and the drums just, just keeping it chill. The drums are pretty different. Um, I guess not really different, but kind of different from the demo in that there's a lot more subdivision on the hi-hat in the demo and in the proper version of Brian Doherty, chills it out even more and kind of takes a lot of that hi-hat out of there, which I think is a, is a plus for the album version. Yeah. It is a very chill song. There was uh when I was looking through covers, one of them that I will play later, the guy described it as, um, Royal. And I'm like, okay. So it's kind of like a, um, slow kind of procession, you know, I go, <laughs> I don't know, a king making his entrance or something. I'm like, I never would have thought of that word. But, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It's very, nice. um, yeah, like it's not plodding. It's not heavy. It's very kind of light sounding. You got that T-play, which is a very treble instrument. You got the the um, lap steel. You got the organ. It all, it, but it all keeps it relatively light, especially with the higher key on the uh, the album version. Yeah. One thing I have noticed about the song is that I feel like uh, it's sort of underrated, at least in my opinion. I feel like oh, I was a lot bring of people, that up, yeah, yeah, a lot of people I know anyway. I don't know if this is <clears throat> the overall consensus. I haven't really asked, but all the people I've seen talking about it sort of talk about like, oh, yeah, it's sort of like a bit of a drab moment on the album. It's just like I don't agree with that, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one cover I'm not going to play because the. The person who will remain unnamed right in the description on the YouTube was like, yeah, I was going through the whole album and I, I figured I'd, I'd do every song. But man, this is the weakest song. I'm like, you're not getting on this episode, man. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Yeah. Diss the song, yeah. we're dissing you. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was going to try <laughs> to find the... Um, who is it that always does the uh, the, the survivor voting on uh, uh, shit posting? <laughs> Oh God, I don't even, so there's, there's one thing that I'll always ignore in like sort of Facebook fan groups. It's like polls just Uh because I can't keep up with them ever. And it's just like, uh, I also run a a Facebook group for Jeff Rosenstock and there's like, there used to be like a million bajillion different polls going on at once. And so my friends would be like, oh, you should, Peter, you should vote in the poll. You should do this or that. It's like, <laughs> well, there were like seven polls that I didn't vote in. So it's not even going to be like a fair thing. So I feel like <laughs> I could never keep up with that stuff. So I yeah, just sort especially because the, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it looks like, uh, I, th- I think you pronounce her name, AC, AC Jane Nickel. Um, sh- she's posting a lot of these. I'm trying to. Searching in Facebook groups is is usually pretty fruitless, but I was trying to find like when did unrelated thing get voted out of the John Henry voting because I feel like I remember when it happened and it was uh, pretty early on. Um, and then if you look at the wiki, unrelated thing is currently ranked seven hundred and fifty five out of <laughs> nine hundred and ten. 
which is pretty freaking low. I mean, well, 87 people have ranked it, so, like, it's not – it hasn't gotten a ton of of scorings. Do you ever go on the wiki and score stuff? Uh, I I think I did, like, twice ever. Like, it's the same sort of thing where it's, like, the – I don't want to diss the wiki, but the sort of song ranking overall is sort of useless, in my opinion, just because, obviously, the songs everyone knows the most will get the highest votes. Yeah. Or even – Scratch that, actually. If there's a song that only one person is rated and they rate it a 10 and a 10 or whatever, that's going to shoot to the top <laughs> of the list. So I feel like it's not really indicative of anything like Set in Stone. So, And it's the same sort of thing with like the polls. Just like, if I had to like rank every single song that I like, you know, I either like a song or I don't, pretty much. That's my sort of way of yeah. looking at <laughs> wow, music so I all or like. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just I've never I've never been good at sort of like intricately going into detail about like if I were to give something a five, why that might be. So it's just mm-hmm. I don't even bother. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm a little different in that way that uh, I mean, this this podcast is hosted through punknews.org, who I've written for since the early aughts, since I was in college. And so I've been, you know, scoring albums and making year-end lists for them since, you know, forever. And so that's kind of a, it's a nerdy thing that, you know, you, you don't put too much weight into it a lot of times, but it is fun, and it is fun to argue, too, about this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but so the, the, I, find on the, the, I find that on the wiki, the, uh, the, the top ten usually I think is pretty accurate of what people's favorite songs are. But, yeah, once you get down into the several hundreds down, you know, it's not going to be as accurate because not that many people have voted, you know, or scored, you know, the lesser known songs, like you said. But it's got 87 v- votes and it puts it at 7.24, which actually shows you that these are actually skewing pretty high because a 7.2 is a pretty good score to land a song at 755. Uh, yeah. but it's currently, it's below, uh, let's see, it's, it, it's below electronic Istanbul and Dr. Evil, but it is above, bef- uh, it is above fingertips banjo and it's above S E X X Y. Good. Fuck. I hate that song. <laughs> Let me tell you for years and years and years, I've been like railing against S E X X Y. Like if mm-hmm. I had chosen that song to talk about, it would just be it would just be me ranting for an hour. <laughs> yeah, of course it's not it's shot? not actually wow. the biggest problem in my life, but me and Sexxy <laughs> go way back. <laughs> Let's talk about the lyrics of this song. So I, I think it's pretty, I, it's somewhat straightforward as to what it's about. In being yeah. that there's a guy who his his woman here is uh, completely uninterested in what this guy has to say. What what all do you make of the lyrics and, and anything more uh, specific in, in your reading of them? Um, I'm pretty much on the same boat. One thing I really liked once I figured out all the words and stuff is how much I personally relate to them. So much, yeah. <laughs> not so much like I say things and people don't listen, but specifically I remember when I was in high school and uh, I would sit out during gym class because I didn't feel like participating. And there were a couple <laughs> other kids who did like the same thing. Yeah. And I would just be, you know, to my own devices. I'd have my headphones on. I'd be listening to 
whatever ska core I was listening to at the time. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these people would try to talk to me, my friends, and sometimes I just wouldn't be in the mood. So, like, there was this one friend of mine who would, like, every time he'd see me, he'd just be like, hey, how's it going? How are you? How are you doing? How's the family? How's this? How's that? And it was just like, you asked me this yesterday, dude. Like, it, I haven't changed that much in 24 hours. <laughs> and so... I just sort of give him like half answers or sometimes I just complete like straight up ignore him. I appreciate the fact that he didn't just be like, Peter, you're a fucking asshole, dude. But, you know. Peter, please explain the expression on your face. Oh, my face. This is my reminiscing face. Then I'll, then I'll know what's beneath it. So in, in this scenario, you're, you're the, you're the woman, uh, uh, you're playing the, the woman's role in this song. And yeah, totally pretty much. ignoring your friends. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I'm sure most people can agree, like, their high school friends didn't have much of a personality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, until later I, in high school, anyway. I'm talking, like, this stuff happened when I was in, like, ninth, tenth grade. Sure, sure. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I've got a lot of good friends still from high school, but that's because we played in bands together. But, yeah, for the most part, I didn't like most of the other people because as a weirdo, as a lot of us are uh, in this community. Um, and that's why I did. It was my high school's 20th uh, reunion this year, and I did not go. <laughs> no. Yeah, I have no intention of going to whatever reunion my high school may have. But also, I feel like even like the rest of the people I went to high school with wouldn't even like give a crap just because all of them. With my high school, it's like a million like kids from a million different places in New York went to the school, and uh-huh. so like to go back to it after the fact, like ten, twenty years after the fact, they're probably in like a million bajillion different places, and yeah. uh, at least for me, this is me speaking. I think I talked to two people I went to high school with, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I've been out of high school for four years, so I've sort of blossomed <laughs> after the fact. Yeah, I'll like I was I was friendly with people, but I never had to be friend friends with them. So yeah, what can yeah you do? for me being older, it was a it was a different thing with like Facebook coming around, because uh, Facebook didn't exist when I was in high school. So then like now all these people that I've n- haven't talked to in a decade plus, you know, or twenty years, you know, are like start friending me on Facebook. You know, when I when I got on there, and I'm like, I don't know you i didn't know you then and i don't know you now it's very yeah that was like the worst part for me because obviously when i first got into high school it was 2011 so you know showing my age there but Mm -hmm. you know i i had people like everyone in my school added just because like you know you sort of have to at that point with you know in this day and age anyway yeah. And, like, the second I graduated high school, the second I could use my phone again, I was just like, okay, I'm un- unfriending all of these people, all these people <laughs> I don't know, all the people I had to pretend to like. So that was a, a pretty liberating moment for me anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, sort of. Actually, uh, I actually started high school the year that John Henry was released. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> and, I've you know, I've never – one thing that, uh, you know, hearing this – you know, and I, I was hearing this album maybe more like 95 or 96 when I first heard it. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe not like on its release date, but I heard it pretty much when it was new. And that was when, you know, you listen to a full CD in the car. And for me, it was probably a CD in a disc man that was run through a tape uh, converter into the tape deck on my minivan. 
uh, to listen to the, the full album. And I wouldn't skip songs. I would listen to the full albums. And, the, you know, I never had any, you know, dislike for this song. I always thought it was pretty hilarious. Uh, it's like, do you smile because I'm funny? Because I wasn't joking. And just the woman, just like <laughs> these very flippant remarks, like, oh, I was thinking of an unrelated thing. And I, I think part of the the very slow kind of chill nature of the song makes it even funnier because it seems like, you know, is this going to blow up into some fight? No, it's just kind of like, no, I was, I'll be thinking of an unrelated thing. You know, even, you know, even in the future, I'll still be thinking of an unrelated thing. You know, no biggie. (laughs) No one, no one seems to be getting too upset in this, uh, this, this discussion here. Have you seen the version on the Blender magazine CD-ROM? <laughs> I have not. What's that like? <laughs> uh, I think you need to see it. Um, yeah, CD-ROMs. That's, uh, that dates it right there. Uh, Blender magazine's very first issue came with the CD-ROM that had this as well as... Um, a version of Extra Savoir Faire. And it is the two Johns, uh, Flansburg on acoustic and Linnell on accordion, and two instruments that are not in the, in the studio version. Uh, there's no acoustic guitar. There's no accordion. Um, and if, if you wanted to check that out real quick, the intro is, is maybe the best part. I think, I think people have made like GIF images of this. That oh yeah, been, like circulated around like the Tumblr pages and stuff. <laughs> yeah, check it out a little bit because uh, Linnell kind of fills in where the slide guitar would be with some kind of moving parts on the accordion that I think are pretty cool. Hey, you're uh, watching Blender. It's interactive. Click on my face. <laughs> Click on my damn face. All right, here we go. We're gonna song for you folks. This one's called Unrelated Thing. It's on our uh, record, John Henry. Another CD you can get. Do you smile cause I'm funny, said the man. I wasn't joking and I made the thing I said. Not at all, not at all, said the woman sort of upped tempo of this one yeah so that's a cool little artifact i mean nothing says 1995 like a cd-rom yeah i have a couple of uh cd-roms of uh bare naked ladies like yeah. enhanced cds and they have like video clips on as well as the uh the songs right. and stuff well enhanced cds i feel like those came along a little later like those were still going into the early 2000s um and then there was that my morning jacket album z which like when people put that in their computer, it like put a virus on their computers, and then people stopped doing that. <laughs> oh, uh, is that is that those uh, copy protected CDs that they tried to do? It 
I think it was it was it might have had something to do with that, but it was a CD that you were supposed to put in your computer, like it said, you know, enhanced CD, bonus content, and then like whatever Sony or whatever had put on there, like was fucking people's computers up. <laughs> oh, that's that's reassuring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I like that version a lot, but um, I've got one other link to send you. Uh, for a performance video, which, from what I can tell from the records on the wiki, is the last time they performed this song, which is at, it's in Seattle at an in-store appearance at a place called Warehouse, as in Where Are You? The Warehouse, and it's on May 27th, 1995. Possibly the last time they ever played this song live. Oh, Johnny! Oh. Here we go, another song. Do you smile? Cause I'm funny, sentiment. I wasn't joking in a Ooh, I've actually, I actually know of a higher quality link to the show, but I guess it, I can send you that afterwards. Oh yes, okay, yeah. If you have, I mean, the audio on this isn't bad. The uh, yeah, the, the video, video is painfully VHS, <laughs> which <laughs> again I think is kind of cool. But um, yeah, for the viewers at home. <laughs> yeah, so you've seen this before then. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw in the group, but earlier this year, around January, I posted all of those like. They might be giants, video bootleg sort of clips. Mm-hmm. And uh, this um, is yeah, I'm not sh- not yeah. I I don't know. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is uh, one of the For... uh, clips that was in there, and the video quality was slightly better than this YouTube upload right here. Although I have found someone there's a there's a YouTube channel called just TMBG Vids, and it's all just like. Mm. Uh, like camcorder filmed uh, full performances, and this is one of them, and it's actually like a pretty stable picture. It's pretty surreal. <laughs> I've never seen it so good. Nice, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you listened to the the Lie Still Little Bottle episode. Jared Pike uh, gifted me three VHS tapes that had been passed on to him of all these TV appearances and various things from the '90s, but I don't believe this is on it. Um, but in the version that you have, then, can you tell who the drummer is? Because I'm not sure if it's Brian Doherty or not. Um, hold on. Because it's Linnell on accordion again, Flansburg on, looks like electric guitar. Again, I can barely even tell that from this video. But the barely... simple little drum set there, I cannot tell who's drumming. Uh, hold on, let's see. If I go to the downloads tab and misc T, I might be able to find it real quick. Because I would assume it's Doherty, but uh, can't really tell. I mean, it's pretty simple drumming. It's a little stripped down kit. But um, from, yeah, looking at the, so the wiki has it listed as only 18 known performances. And this is listed as the very last one. Oh, wow. What? 
Well, this actually says May 28th. The video upload says May 27th, so I don't know. Someone's wrong there, but it's got to be the same performance. Seattle, yeah, the, the file I've got in the Google Drive like download here says the 28th, but I probably just nabbed that off the wiki. Yeah. Let me just open this so, so they haven't played this since John Henry was even like a year old. Yeah. It's crazy. Last time they played this, I wasn't alive yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And only 18 times. I mean, they're only playing this between 93 and 95. I mean, I guess, you know, you know, when you're a young band, you play every song you've ever written because, you know, to fill a set, you've got to play everything. But yeah. they were starting to build up enough songs at this point that they, you know, they had too many songs to fill a set list. And uh, I don't know. Was this song right off the bat getting uh, get, getting the shaft, uh, you know, not getting the fan love or what? That's probably the case. I don't know if you hear my dog barking, by the way. <laughs> nah, that's fine. <laughs> not very much. All right, cool. Um, so uh, you ready to get into the covers section? Sure. Because you're in it. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just listed as Peter, so I'm not sure. But I'm looking yeah. at the, uh, the com. So this was uh, started in TMBS. They might be shitposting Facebook group. Oh, yes. Um, yet another, even sillier, They Might Be Giants Facebook group. Yeah. Um, and this is a covers uh, tribute compilation put together by, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Ekalemchi Okembo. He uh, rounded up people on that Facebook group uh, to put together a covers uh, compilation for the 25th anniversary of John Henry, which was this year. And it's got a shitload of tracks. It covers every song maybe twice. Uh, and... You are one of the people that cover Unrelated Thing. Do you smile cause I'm funny said the man I wasn't joking and I meant the thing I said Not at all, not at all Said the woman to the man I was thinking of So uh, why don't you tell us about uh, your process there when you uh, decided to cover this song? All right. So initially, when I joined that cover album, uh, the first thing I did was send one of like my Mario Paint renditions of Destination Moon. But I like yes, <laughs> I made it sound a bit like higher fidelity. I raised the treble or something, and then like very very close to the deadline, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I, I put in, I put one in, but. It's something I made years ago. I should probably make a new thing because that'd be fun. And obviously participating in these sorts of things are always fun. So I went to... I, I cheated. I went to ultimateguitar.com and I was like, which They Might Be Giant song off this album has like the easiest chord progression ever. And uh, <laughs> Unrelated Thing was pretty simple. Relatively, anyway. And it's yeah. like... Yeah, mm-hmm. Four chords. Obviously, it's a song I like very much. So I just went for it, 
and I gave it a sort of uh, lo-fi sound, I guess. Yeah, no, I love it. I love, uh, how, how did you do the drums? So the drums were actually uh, loops I had downloaded years and years ago. I downloaded yeah. like several gigabytes worth of just drum loops. And I've like uh-huh. tried to do like drum loopy things in random covers before, but it hasn't really worked out as well. Or at the very least, it would like worked out, but it didn't sound like they were actual real drums. But I feel like in the case of this particular cover, I actually got them to sound like it's a real thing. <laughs> but the entire cover, yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it, it's it sounds great. And yeah, so I think the drums are what make the cover because the drums are what really. Uh, kick the song into kind of a different realm which you kind of take it to like a i mean i guess a double time you're kind of kicking the tempo up um you know by two yeah by uh you know kicking that backbeat in harder so i i think the loop sounded pretty good i mean i am a drummer and i record drums so i'm like and it even it almost had me fooled. You know, I'm like, this is a pretty good loop, but I like the <laughs> I like the sound of it. I mean, and since it even had some fills and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a loop, but it's a pretty good loop, and uh, it's it's awesome because it's just you know it it it's in your face, which is you know nothing about the original is in your face. Yeah, uh, what I did actually, I don't know if this is like easily you could tell this, but. Even, like, the guitar stuff is looped. So, like, I, I played each chord. Oh, yeah? Like, I played the chord progressions once, and then, like, certain, like, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, what do, you, what do you call, like, fills, but for guitar? Sort of, like, variations, I guess? I recorded, you yeah. know, pretty much everything yeah. I had to, and then I sort of pieced uh, the thing together as if I were wow. making. <laughs> it was sort of a similar process to, like, the Mario Paint sort of covering stuff. Because when you yeah. do like Mario Paint, you're making little bits of the song at a time, and then uh, you can just loop them over and play them one after the other. So pretty much the only yeah, thing lo- that was <laughs> done in one straight go was the vocals. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I love your Mario Paint covers. I know we've played at least one of yours on the show before. I believe the first one I played, you may have gone uncredited, or I or I just said your name on the the your the name on the Bandcamp page or something like that. Yeah. Because we hadn't really talked yet at that point. But I love that stuff, and I I mean I still have my Super Nintendo and my my Mario Paint the mouse the Super Nintendo mouse. I actually I got the like the real Mario Paint sort of thing with the mouse uh, for the Super Nintendo like a couple of years ago. Just because, like, nice. I'd or, I would always use, like, the computer recreation program, and that's what I do for right. the covers and stuff, because there's no way you could do, like, the sort of stuff on the original Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, it was very limited, but super fun. Yeah. I mean, I was subscribing to Nintendo Power at the time, and you could get, they would have um, basically, like, cheat sheets where it would just be a big spread of, you know, say you want to make the Legend of Zelda theme, Here's how you plot it out on Mario Paint. You would just copy that, and then you could play it. It was amazing. <laughs> that does sound fun. I remember several years ago, I think the first uh, They Might Be Giants cover I made in Mario Paint was Where Your Eyes Don't Go, and I got a comment on it mm. on like the YouTube upload, which, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Thankfully, the band has seen and shared multiple times, so it has like 10,000 views almost, which is crazy to me. But there's this wow. dude in the comments who's just like, oh, let's see you try this on a real Super Nintendo. 
It's just like, that's, that's not possible. Okay. That's not possible, man. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you try it then? And he was just like, okay, uh, give me a couple of weeks. And that was like six years ago. So, yeah. You know. Nice. nice. That, that's the thing that I just but run yeah. into sometimes with the Mario Paint stuff is people get snooty about it, which I don't get. It sounds the same. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. People should check out your, um, well, why don't you go ahead and plug the, uh, what's the Bandcamp page? People go and check uh, the, those out. So it might be, I think it's Crisp Crump. It's a funny, silly name I came <laughs> up with a long time ago. Yeah, if you type in Crisp Crump, that's Crisp, C-R-I-S-P, C-R-U-M-P dot bandcamp dot com, you'll be able to find, I have a whole collection, it's called Mario Painted. Um, alternatively, mm-hmm. if you just search Mario Painted on Bandcamp, you'll find it. Also, you can just look up, like, They Might Be Giants, Mario Paint Composer on YouTube, and anything under the username Waymu, that's W-A-Y-M-U-U, that's my stuff as well. There you go. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. I mean, other than They Might Be Giants, a lot of uh, tasty cuts in there. Uh, So then on the TMBS compilation here, we've got another friend of the podcast and former guest, Marianne McTrow. Uh, who is a ukulele superstar up in uh, the great white north of Canada. And she does a sweet version of Unrelated Thing as well that I'm going to drop in here right now. Do you smile cause I'm funny, said the man. I wasn't joking and I meant the thing I said. Not at all, not at all, said the woman to the man. I was thinking of an unrelated thing. Unconnected and free. No relationship. And so it's her it's her usual ukulele greatness. She did a, a, a cover for the episode she was on, uh, Spiraling Shape, way back. And what I really like about this one is the healthy amount of reverb that she put on everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when in doubt, hit the reverb. Exactly. A, a tasty reverb. I'm a big fan of shoegaze music and stuff as well, which... They might be giants. They're not huge on reverb, but uh, this is like the ukulele uh, dream pop version of Unrelated Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nice job, Marianne. Um, and let's see. There was one other cover I had for you. Let me send a link. I found a, a few, a handful of um, guys doing just guitar vocal covers on youtube and this one i think was my favorite of the bunch let me send you this and this guy's name is steve taylor and on youtube it's kesval2 k-e-s-s-v-a-l-2 and the title that comes up is an afternoon with my guitar and they might be giants which is funny Do you smile cause I'm funny, said the man 
joking and I meant the thing I said Not at all, not at all Said the woman to the man I was thinking of an unrelated thing voice i like his uh style yeah and he changes the key probably to fit his voice better mm -hmm. so i think uh he you know he knows what he's doing he's not gonna sing out of his range yeah he, i, I uh, noticed it's like a, a half step down i think let's see it looks like he's playing in a and the original is in c right or at least the john henry version oh i have i have no concept of how to figure that out just from <laughs> hearing things <laughs> So I know, it's a minor I know the, third down. <laughs> I know the version I play is like C, F major seven G because I can't do bar chords, and then like some D. Right. I don't remember how yeah. to play it really. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's in C. So this one is um, it's lower, but it's not as low as the demo. It's almost as low as the demo. One one more step down from what he's playing at would be the demo. So it's it fits in between the keys of the uh, the album version and the demo version. But yeah, so I think it's really you know it's a it's a good smooth good smooth cover of it. Yeah, the the lower key and just like the guitar and stuff. It's like it's like I'm in the room with him and he's you know doing a relaxing sing song. That's the thing I yeah, gotta like yeah. keep you know uh, bringing home is it's very relaxing. And that, I think, yeah, is a, totally. a good quality. Yeah, I don't know what you know, people's deal is with this song. The thing, every song's got to be wacky or in your face. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So I think that uh, is a good segue into scoring this song. And you've already you know, said your thoughts on scoring things, but uh, <laughs> you are required to score this song for this podcast. So, All right, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, one to ten decimals are loud. What um, will you score? Unrelated thing. I would probably score it an eight. An eight. I'm going, I'm going with eight. Because I do like yeah. it a lot. It's not my favorite, but also it's not my least favorite. But also with John Henry, I don't think there are any real tracks that I like vehemently dislike. It's not S-E-X-X-Y. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really screw up till the next album. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what's funny is I think the score I'm going to give is going to be right around where I was talking about how the wiki, it's got a list that is 755 or whatever. And that was an average of 7.2, which I mean, from, from what I score stuff on the, the podcast, I, you know, not everything can be an eight and above. So I'm going to ironically be giving it somewhere around where they were ranking it. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go 7.1. I'll go below where the wiki edits. But I I like it. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's still anything anything above a 7. Yeah. Yeah, unrelated thing. Um I think we've already plugged your Bandcamp and your YouTube. Anything else you want to tell the listeners before we wrap this baby up? Um in terms of things I could probably plug, there's a uh... 
There's a way you can listen to pretty much every single They Might Be Giants concert recording I've ever made, if that's the sort of thing you like to listen to. Um, if you're in if you're in the Miscellaneous Tea Facebook group, you could just find them already with the downloads button. But if you go to petersconcerts.tumblr.com, that is, you know, spelled as it said, no apostrophes or anything, petersconcerts.tumblr.com, you can find all of the They Might Be Giant shows I've ever recorded, plus all of the other concerts I've recorded as well. And I like to think they come out fairly well. <laughs> nice, nice. How many, how many times have you seen them? Oh my god, that's a big question. They Might I mean, Be Giant. not giants. just recorded, but seen them. Uh, 27? Nice. Being in New York helps. I got, I really lucked out. Yeah, being in New York and also in 2015, <laughs> they did that residency uh, at the Music Hall uh, of Williamsburg. And now they're doing mm-hmm. the same sort of thing again next year with all the flood shows. Which, by the way, how fucking ridiculous is it that like all of the Bowery Ballroom shows sold out in like two minutes maximum? That's nuts. I was able to get. Yeah, um, I mean, I was able to get tickets to all of them except for at this particular moment. I don't have tickets to the March one, which I might be able to <laughs> do some trickery on StubHub. But like, I I was even too late for the IFC presale code, which blew my mind. Whoa, jeez! So like, even Man. that was like gone within minutes, which very salty about. But you know. What can you do? It it is cool to see though that they are still um, a very coveted band for people to see, and that Flood is still such a revered album. You know, it's cool to see so you know so long. I mean, 30, 30 years. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I'm sort of with everyone else in the uh, the group though, where they're like, oh, they should totally do a John Henry show because I feel like it's been long enough, and I feel like they've got to know how yeah. much people like dig John Henry now, and just you know being able to hear unrelated thing. Like nowadays, with like the new band and everything, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've always wondered if that's one that <clears throat> an album that for them kind of holds a, a weird spot because it was a transitional album, and I think you know at the time, you know, when it came out, there probably was that you know that division between people that thought they should stay a duo, and I I thought I'd be seeing a lot more of that as I had you know different guests on this podcast, but really I haven't come across a single person who was like. Oh, duo era only. You know, I've had a couple <laughs> people that prefer that era, but I mean, I think at the time maybe that was like a point where they were like, well, "Should we have done that or not?" You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. I mean, back then, you know, the internet was so young, and it's not like I could have you know, even though I was into it at the time, could have you know had a feel on like what the overall fandom was thinking about it. I mean, I have no idea, but yeah, you know, it could have been. Could have been uh, an album that is kind of, I mean, yeah, I would hope that they know now that people love it, you know. So maybe, uh, I don't know, they missed the 25th, so maybe they'll do a 30th of that in a few years. One can only hope. Yes. So, yeah, everyone go check out uh, Peter's covers and concert recordings. And um, if you want to get in touch with This Might Be a Podcast, you can email me at thismightbeapod at gmail. Uh, find me on Twitter at thismightbeapod, facebook.com slash thismightbeapodcast. Leave me voicemails, 224-801-2930. And if you want to donate to the Patreon, it is patreon.com slash thismightbeapodcast. 
And I think that'll do it, Peter. Thanks so much for being on. Hey, thanks for having me. It, it was nice to have some of the admin royalty back on the show. Royalty. I've, I've had uh, I've had John on a Patreon episode about Monopuff. Um, but he has not been on a... He's got some songs selected, but he has not been on a proper episode yet. So i got to get him on there. And I haven't really been in touch much with Kelly, but I should see uh, if she's interested. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Just get the whole... All right, man. Well, I will talk to you... Yeah, get the whole crew. Man, I could get all three of you on here, and you could dish all the uh, miscellaneous tea group, uh, uh, the 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 behind the scenes scoop, <laughs> if there is any. Uh, not much, frankly. We don't have to. We don't really have to solve a whole lot of terribly huge problems. Thankfully, it's not like a lot of other yeah, groups yeah. I've been a part of, but. Yeah, miscellaneous tea is yeah. pretty, uh, pretty nice. <laughs> it's pretty chill. They, they, they might be Giants fans skew uh, uh, pretty friendly. I, I, I like to think. Yeah. Especially based on my uh, real-life research in, in doing this podcast, and everyone has been really, really awesome. So, uh, yeah, so thanks again for being on, and uh, I will talk to you later, man. Cool. Please explain the expression on your face.